we continue our study in the book of Genesis this morning. Today, we're going to be dealing with chapter 39 and 40, not the whole chapters, but parts of them. And uh, <clears throat> so you go ahead and turn to chapter 39, the first verses I'm going to read are 19 and 20. Chapter 39, verses 19 and 20. But as you were turning, let me ask you this question. How many of you believe that God is going to bless you? I mean, we pray for it. And uh, I think we believe that God is really going to bless us. We count on God blessing us from day to day. But did you know that the Bible also teaches that God will bring difficulties our way? He will bring troubles our way. In the Gospel of John chapter 16 and verse 33, it says, In the world you will have trouble. And uh, this morning I'm going to speak on the subject, When Bad Things Happen to Good People or when trouble comes into the life of good people, when bad things happen to good people, and not just good people, but God's people. Uh, sometimes I know folks that have lost their job after 25 years of faithful service, and they just had nowhere to go. Some people have had to deal with a family member that dies prematurely or maybe unfortunately you deal with a husband or a wife that has cheated on you or maybe you have a teenage daughter that comes on and says mom and dad I'm pregnant or you have a son that gets arrested and goes to jail how do we respond when bad things happen to people who love the Lord and serve Him. I want us to look again this morning at the life of Joseph. We're going to be dealing uh, with him for several more weeks. His brothers hated him, you remember, and conspired against him. They sold him into slavery the Egyptian Potiphar was his master. Potiphar's wife accused him of rape. They sent him to prison. And that's where we pick up in the story this morning in chapter 39 and verse 19. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, your servant did to me... Uh, after this manner, and his anger was aroused, and then Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. Let's pause there and go to the Lord once again in prayer. Father God, we come to you again. And we thank you, Lord, for your word 
And we pray, God, that you might teach us from it this morning. Father, teach us how we are to deal with trouble, difficult times that come our way from day to day. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So how do we respond when difficult times come our way? I want us to look at these passages this morning, and I think we can get an idea from the life of Joseph on how we should respond in situations like this. The first thing that I want you to notice this morning, that it's okay not to understand it. It's okay not to understand it. You have to realize that Joseph was a good man. Joseph was a godly man. Not one sin is recorded about Joseph in all of the Bible. I shared that with you last week. I'm sure Joseph must have been confused. Here he was serving God, doing what God wanted him to do. His brothers conspired against him. They threw him in a pit, then sold him to slave traders. He was a slave in Egypt. The master's wife accused him of rape, and he was thrown into prison. I think that he may have asked the question, why me? I don't know if you remember anybody, or maybe you have asked that question, why me? I'm of an earlier generation than a lot of you. I remember back to the most vivid picture of someone asking why me was a young lady by the name of Nancy Kerrigan. Do you remember that name? She was an Olympic hopeful. She was a national ice skating championship and was the most favored to win the 80, 94 Olympics. Do you remember she was on a training uh, uh, site and as she was coming off the ice, one of the other skaters' boyfriend, uh, Tanya Harding was her name, her boyfriend took a billy club and as she was coming off the ice just wrapped her right on her knee. She tumbled to the ground and uh, the, the cameras, the news cameras were watching her and, and as she was coming off the ice, she was hit in the knee, she fell to the ground and she looked up and that's what she said. She cried out, why me? And uh, sometimes we don't know why bad things happen to good people. Uh, I can imagine that Joseph couldn't figure out why this was happening to him. And you know what? Nobody does know. He never figured it out. Joseph couldn't find out. He couldn't realize why God would allow that to happen. If you look there in verse 20, that word for prison is the uh, Hebrew word for hole. And what it means is he was in the deepest, darkest part of the dungeon. He was there where the Pharaoh's enemies were put. He was there 
and had no understanding as to why. I'm sure he cried out, God, why is this happening to me? I don't know that for certain, but I think that. Something else I think, that when he cried out, God, why me? That the devil whispered in his ear, don't you know, there is no God. And if there is no God, he certainly doesn't love you. And if he does love you, he must not have very much power. And if he does have power, he must just not care about you. You see, all of those things are wrapped up in that simple question, God, why me? For the sake of transparency, that seems to be the buzzword nowadays. Everybody is wanting transparency. For the sake of transparency, let me say that it's okay to try and to figure out why difficult times come our way. There are tremendous lessons that we can learn when we go through these difficult times. But this morning, I'm concerned with those times when we just can't figure out why. These things happen to us, and we just don't know why. That does happen from time to time. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 50, and verse 10, Isaiah says, Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Listen to this. Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon God. There are times when things just don't seem to make sense. There's times when we, uh, Renee, walk in the darkness and we are just looking for a little light and we can't find any and we can't understand what in the world is going on. It just make, doesn't make sense. Let me say to you this morning that that's okay if it doesn't. You need to learn this. Just because things don't make sense to you doesn't mean that they don't make sense. Amen? Do you understand that? Shake your head. Look intelligent. Just because things don't make sense to you doesn't mean that they don't make sense. Have you ever stopped to think, that you can't have darkness unless someone removes the light. I mean, you can't walk into a room and turn on darkness. You can walk into a room and turn on light, and you can turn off light, but you can't have darkness until you turn the light off. You can't have darkness until you remove the light. If God has you in a dark about something, he has you there for a reason. And uh, when you're in the dark, be careful not to do what so many people do. 
So many people, when they find themselves in the dark about something, they try to make their own light. You need to be careful about that. We looked at Isaiah 50.10. Let's look at Isaiah 50.11. It says, Look, all you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with sparks, walk in the light of your own fire and in the sparks that you have kindled, this you shall have from my hand. That's what God's saying. When you try to make your own fire, when you walk in your own sparks, this is what you're going to receive from me. You shall uh, have from my hand, you shall lie down in torment. He says when you try to figure things out just on your own, when you fail to look to God for his light and for his understanding, and you try to figure things out just on your own, nine times out of ten, you're going to get it wrong and you're going to get yourself in deeper trouble than you were to begin with. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. We need to trust God even in times when we can't see our way, when we can't figure out what's going on in our lives, we need to learn to trust God. Why is that so? Why is that so? Isaiah tells us the answer to that in chapter 55 and verses 8 and 9. He says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. For as heaven, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Folks, you've got to understand that God has a different perspective than we do. Amen? God sees it from a higher perspective than we do. I'm from Miami, Florida, and when I was a little kid, well, until uh, the summer between my 6th and 7th grade years, my family was very poor. I mean very, very, very poor. We lived off of welfare checks. My dad broke his back in three different places when I was about four years old. He was in an automobile accident. He couldn't walk uh, for many years until I was in the sixth grade, and then he was able to get to where he walked. But he walked with a severe, he was bent over, and he had a bad limp when he walked. And we lived off of welfare for uh, until the summer between my sixth and seventh year when we moved to Gainesville, and he opened up a business, and we did very well after that. But uh, in those early years, we were very poor. And in Miami, the big thing for Miami uh, in the wintertime is the Orange Bowl Parade. We loved to go to the Orange Bowl Parade. And, of course, we couldn't see it in the grandstands. My mom and dad would take us and... They'd pull off into a parking lot and me and my brother and sisters would sit on the curb and we'd watch the parade as it goes by. But we couldn't get down to where the grandstands were where everything was going on and we could hear the applause but we didn't know what was going on down there. You understand what I'm saying? We couldn't tell. We could hear the applause and we know something exciting was happening but we couldn't tell what it was because we couldn't see it. After I grew up and got married and went to college and uh, seminary and I was a pastor, we went down to 
that Florida was playing, uh, who was it? Oklahoma, I think, in the Orange Bowl. And uh, uh, we went down there and we got a hotel right there on Biscayne Boulevard. That's where the, that's where the Orange Bowl parade is. It goes down Biscayne Boulevard. Have you ever seen, been to Miami or seen movies? It's a big uh, boulevard, divided boulevard, and it's got palm trees down the middle of it and everything. And the way they do it, the, the parade would go up down one side, and then they'd get to a place, I think it was MacArthur Causeway, and then they'd come back down the other side of it. We got a hotel right there, and we were on the 11th floor of that hotel. And uh, I went over to the window, and for the first time, I got to see. I mean, you could see the whole parade. You could see where it began, and you can see where it ended. You could see the whole thing at the same time. And I thought at myself, and, and, and at that very moment, I said, that's the way God is. God can see the whole thing. He can see it from the beginning to the end. And he knows everything that has happened. He knows everything that is happening. And he knows everything that is going to happen. Sometimes we seem to feel like we're in the darkness because we don't know. But folks, listen to me. We can trust in the Lord. We don't need to lean on our own understanding. We can lean on His because He knows it all. He knows where it began. He knows where it is. And He knows where it's going. God has a different perspective. I understand sometimes when we are in the dark, we have to trust God and we have to trust God even more. I want to be the man who doesn't know all of the details and still says to the Lord, whatever you have in store for me is okay with me. Amen. I want to be that kind of man. If God doesn't do what I think he ought to, I'm not disappointed and I'm not depressed because I'm satisfied with what he's doing because I know he has plans for me and they are good plans and they are for my betterment and not for my destruction. Amen? I want to be able to depend on him. Joseph could only see where he was, but he trusted God and he trusted God that he could see where he was going. He was in the prison but he was headed for the palace and he trusted the Lord for that. If sometimes it seems as though you're in a dungeon of darkness and despair, don't demand to understand. Amen? It's okay if you don't understand exactly what's going on. Don't demand to understand. Don't fail to be faithful is number two. And that we look in chapter 39 again, and I want to read to you verses 21 through 23. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of, uh, of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing, Joseph's doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and uh, whatever he did, the Lord 
made it prosper. In prison, Joseph kept serving the Lord. He kept serving other people. Now, in the meantime, Joseph had been in prison for a while. In the meantime, Pharaoh also had a baker and a butler. And uh, they had gotten out of the king's favor in some way. We see that in verses 41 through verse 4. It came to pass after these things that the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, in the place where Joseph was confined. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he, Joseph, served them so they were in custody so they were in custody for a while. So Jacob continued, Joseph continued to serve them. He continued to serve the Lord. Folks, listen to me. When you find yourself in difficult troubles, don't forget to continue to be faithful. Don't fail to be faithful. Joseph ministered to them, even though he could not understand, he still served God. Now let me ask you a question. Do you know any fair-weathered Christians? Any fair-weathered Christians? Things don't go their way and then boom, they're gone. They quit. They quit attending church. They quit tithing. They quit teaching. They quit telling other people about Jesus. uh, They just fall out. Some people think that, that the measure of a person's faithfulness is what he does. Can I share with you that I believe the measure of a person's faithfulness is what does it take to make him stop doing? You understand what I'm saying? It's not, the measure is not what he does, but the measure is what does it take to get him to stop doing? People quit following the Lord. Quit being servants of Christ. Circumstances did not cause Joseph to quit serving God. That's precisely how God got him out of the dungeon because he continued to serve. Folks, when difficulties come, don't quit. That's when we need to start doing more. That's when we need to start serving him more and praising him more. See, this butler and this baker were there, and the Bible, we go on, I'm not going to cover it all, but let me just tell you what happened. While they were in prison, they had dreams, and uh, they couldn't understand what the dreams were. They knew that Joseph was an interpreter of dreams, so they asked Joseph to interpret their dreams, and, uh, and he did so. And when, well, one of them said, in three days you're going to get out of here, and the other had said, in, in three days you're going to be killed. But the one that said, three days you're going to get out of here, Jacob asked him and said, when you get out of here, don't forget me. As a matter of fact, I think I have that somewhere. 
in, uh, let's see, chapter 40 and verse 14. But remember me, this is what he says to the butler, but remember me when it is well with you and please show kindness to me and make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews and also I have done nothing here that they should put me into the dungeon. See, that's what got him out. He, he was able to interpret those. And when the butler got back to Pharaoh, Pharaoh had a dream and he couldn't figure out what Pharaoh's dream was. And so he remembered Joseph in prison. And he told Pharaoh, there's a man in prison. If you get him, he can tell you uh, what this dream means. And so that's how Joseph got... Can you imagine where he would have been if he had quit serving the Lord? If he told those butler, the butler and the baker, that, uh, no, I don't do that anymore. I quit that. God's not with me anymore. They, he would have still been in prison. But they got him out. Uh, so don't fail to be faithful. Don't demand to understand and don't fail to be faithful. And the third thing is don't bow to bitterness. In that passage that I just read in verses 14 and 15, he didn't mention anything about his brothers. He didn't mention anything about Pat Potiphar or Potiphar's wife. You know what our inclination is sometimes? Our inclination is saying, well, it wasn't my fault, it was their fault. It was those people's fault that got me into where I am. It was, it was his fault that got me into where I was. If they hadn't have done this, I wouldn't be here. And we get bitter, we allow bitterness to, to, to grow up within us. That's the inclination of many, many people. Have you ever gotten a spanking? For something you didn't deserve? Huh? Young people? You ever gotten a spanking for something you didn't deserve? I never did. I never got a spanking that I didn't deserve. I had a lot of spankings that I didn't think I deserved. But I probably deserved a few more than I got. Amen? But sometimes people get bitter when they're accused or punished for something they didn't do or they think they didn't do. I'm, I'm looking at Caitlin right now. I think the other day I asked, I said something to her. I said something about, she, I didn't do that. You don't get bitter about those things. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 20, listen to this. This is good, this is good stuff right here. In 1 Peter chapter 2, and verse 20, what credit is it that if you are beaten for your faults and you take it patiently? What, what credit is that to somebody if you get beaten for your faults and you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer for it and take it patiently, that is commendable before God. Hebrews 12 and verse 15 says, Be sure that the root of bitterness doesn't take root in your heart. There may be some here this morning suffering from bitterness. I don't know what is causing that bitterness, but you're bitter about something. I don't know. Maybe you were cheated out of an inheritance. Or maybe you lost a job to somebody else that you thought you were more qualified for. 
Maybe your children have disappointed you. Maybe you lost a job or maybe your spouse has cheated on you and, and for some reason or another, you're just bitter today. Can I say to you that God has a purpose for you? That God can see the entire parade. He can see the beginning and the end. And God has a purpose for you. He has something for you to do. Trust in Him. He loves you and He cares for you. He died for you. In everything, give thanks for it's, God, it's God's will and Christ Jesus for you. Not everything is good. There are a lot of things in this world that are not good. Not everything is good. You may not understand right now why those things are going on in your life. But remember the words of Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. So I say to you this morning, no matter what's going on in your life today, don't demand to understand. It's okay if we don't understand right now because God does. Don't fail to be faithful. Continue to serve the Lord. Continue to be what He calls you to be. And don't bow to bitterness because that is going to cause that darkness to just get darker and darker and darker and darker. Trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. Allow Him to be the one that directs your path. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank You for today and I thank you for this lesson from the life of Joseph and I pray God that uh, you speak to our hearts this morning I pray God that you teach us from your word I pray God that you draw us closer to you I ask God that if there's a single person here this morning that's not certain about their relationship with you that they don't know for certain if they were to die, they'd spend eternity with you in heaven. I pray, God, that you speak to their heart right now. Lord, you let them know right now that today is the day of salvation, that you love them and that you died for them and that one day you'll come back for them. God, I pray that you be with each and every person. Give us that confidence. Lord, help us to... Uh, Know your presence even in our deepest, darkest hour. We know your presence and we trust you. We thank you for all of this. Be with us this morning during this time of invitation. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.